Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Product Ed Podcast. Um, today's going to be a really fun episode where we're going to go through a little bit of a behind the scenes of how GitLab launched a successful PLG motion. And who I have here is none other than Hila, who actually led that change at GitLab. And so you're going to hear how they started it, how they optimized it, how they scaled it, how they thought about the teams. And she's actually going to walk you through the six main steps that they went to really launch and start this PLG motion. So Kayla, welcome to the Product Lab Podcast. Thank you so much, Wes, for having me. Great to be here. It's awesome to have you. And so wanted to share a little bit of like the quick one-liner or two-liner of like what GitLab does and then why you started or decided to start this PLG motion. Yeah. So GitLab is a developer platform. So it really offers a very powerful platform that enable developers, engineer teams to build, release, and uh, uh, deploy very efficiently all in one platform. And uh, uh, the company actually started as an open source product. And then it added this commercialized arm that really make this a very successful uh, business. So the reason why we started PLG or started thinking PLG is when I joined in 2019, the company actually has all the ingredients for a PLG business. We have open source product, we have the freemium version, we have free trials, but historically the company has a really strong sales team and sales motion established from the very beginning. So a lot of the ingredients are there, but it's not kind of connected and optimized and like measured and amplified. And when I joined in, I built the growth product team from scratch as well as the product analytics team. So through all those changes, it become more and more clear there is a big opportunity to take advantage of this large free user base. And that's why I begin to advocate and we get buy-in from the leadership and we begin to implement a lot of the motions there. So you mentioned something interesting, which is like, I always like the recipe side of things. Uh Like, okay, how can you always make an analogy? But like, what are some of the ingredients that you would say are like, you know, really ripe environments for a company that could make this transition? You mentioned like open source, they had like a lot of free users and stuff like that too. But what were some of the other ones that you saw where you're like, there could be a really great mixture or combo here that would help us become product-led? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there are a couple, right? Like, so first of all, you need to have some sort of a free product, like open source or free version, free trial. And in GitLab's case, we have have that from the beginning and we have accumulated a large free user base who are very passionate and they are the advocate for the product. They have been very instrumental in helping a lot of sales deal close. Basically, a lot of sales team, when they work with some of the companies trying to converting them, they have a lot of internal champions who are the free user of the product for a very long time. So, and that size is big. And so we have kind of that pool potential that can help us generate a lot of potential uh, PQL product qualified leads. That's, I think that's number one. Number two uh, is that in order to identify PQL, in order to really start a PLG motion, you need to have data kind of to help you understand 
what are those free users are using, right? What features are they using? What are some behaviors that indicate they are likely to convert or they're ready to have a conversation with sales team? So you need to have that. I think over time, we established some of that, especially uh, when we have the product analytics team, we begin to really understand here are the things that if they use, they are more likely to convert and things like that. And I think the last thing is kind of the, I would say it's a combination of culture and also business need, right? Uh, Usually when a company has a lot of growth from maybe the original sales motion, there wasn't a lot of kind of pressure to find other ways to grow. And I I think Gillab is growing really fast, but we always want to grow even faster. So there's a lot of kind of how we can grow more, how we can grow even faster, how we can find additional levers to grow. And we look through the business and the leadership, whether it's product, sales, marketing, everyone is pretty open to think about new ways. And that's kind of how this come in. I would say those are the uh, ingredients. Okay. And was that also part of the like main reason why you decided like AK Lab, like, hey, we have this sales-led motion that's working right now. Let's like shake things up and like experiment with this product-led motion. Or was there something else that was kind of driving this move to, to kind of disrupt the existing motion you already had working? I think the main motion is actually my team as a new team, right? We are a growth team. We are established uh, relatively recently and we're looking through, this team is empowered to identify what are some new opportunities to grow the business. And when we look through the business, we identified that PQL potentially and product-led growth is a has been based on what I described, right? We are at the right moment. We have the ingredients. This is a big opportunity to tap. So my team actually became the advocate behind this PLG motion. We uh, work on business case to really help everyone see there's big potential. And we ask for resources to get behind this, to build some early kind of motion to show the results. And that's how it started. Okay. So was your team like initially brought on where it's like, okay, you're going to be just trying to identify new opportunities, potentially like, you know, ones like those PQLs where it's like, you could optimize on them and work on them as a team. Or was it like, you know, you're just, you were already in the organization working as like head of growth and trying to figure out the next opportunities for the business. Or was it like specifically you're brought on for PLG to, to make that transition? I think we are brought on with a kind of general direction of we want to use product to grow. That's why you start a product growth team, right? But there wasn't a, there wasn't a kind of, I would say set roadmap in terms of here are the five things you should be focusing on. Actually, I work with the team, understand the business need. We have this uh, we actually go through a few rounds of thinking, what are the biggest opportunity? Where should we focus on? And we identified some of the passes we took on. Okay. And are you open to sharing just kind of like where the team was at uh, team size wise, uh, as far as like GitLab at that point and like the user base for like the free product, just to kind of give some people some context, because if it's a startup listing, they might be like, oh, well, actually, I'm not sure how to like really approach that. But for everyone to just understand their overall size and complexity of the business. Yeah, definitely. I think I joined GitLab when a company 
is just raised Series E. So it's a late stage startup. I think the company has some public number shared, like millions of free users. So okay. that's the size pool we have. So it's definitely more than if you have like a younger product or kind of a really B2B product where you don't have enough sample to to yeah. test with. So we do have relatively large sample size and user base. And the team I manage, uh, I, I have two teams. One is, like I mentioned, the growth product team. We have four growth product managers and each of them has their dedicated engineer, designer, and we also have a researcher we work together. And I also started the product analytics team. I think that's around five, six people, including a manager, a few analysts. So in total, this growth team, like including the collaborating engineer designer teams, I would say it's around 25 to 30 people. Okay. Awesome. Thanks for that additional context. And so could you walk us through just how the existing sales motion worked before you got into the fun of the PLG side of things? So I know it was like, you kind of labeled it as like, it was more like a sales led approach, but was it just initially like people going on the website, like the only way they you know, ever interacts with someone is like they like request a demo or something like that, or was it different? How did that work? Yeah, yeah. So the sales motion traditionally uh, work as basically there are some, we rely primarily on MQL. So we have a website people will visit, but we also have all sorts of marketing campaigns, marketing channels, which will brought kind of users in. And uh, we have a marketing qualification scoring mechanism to score uh, some of the prospects based on their engagement with various marketing campaigns and their uh, some of their, their formal graphic information. And that gets sent to the SDR. SDR further qualify them and send that to the uh, sales team to work on. So as I mentioned, this has been in motion for a very long time. It worked well. I think it's just inherently the fact that we have freemium, we have open source, we have free trial, that layer is always working kind of beneath the surface. Mm -hmm. And we are not kind of explicitly working on a lot of those. And now we are making it very explicit and we want to utilize this large potential pool for, for leads and for conversions. Awesome. Yeah, no, as soon as you mentioned that sales person, I'm like, oh, okay, yes, that one is very typical. <laughs> yeah. When I was at Vidyard, exactly the same thing. And uh, that's, yeah, it has been successful for the initial bit. Now, I want to get into some of the steps of your lines to start a PLG motion. Now that we have that context, can you start with the, the very first step that you recommend people would take if they're thinking about starting a PLG motion in a larger enterprise? Yeah, that's something I think a lot about. I think going through this process at GitLab really make me become so interested in this. I want to figure this out for, for myself, but I also want to uh, learn from my peers and other companies how they are doing this, especially uh, now I'm uh, advising companies. I'm actually learning a lot of uh, different ways of doing this and different challenges. So I think the first step is always trying to understand the starting point because different companies have a different starting point. As I mentioned, GitLab, we already have a large free user base. So that makes this opportunity very obvious. And you have this foundation to build upon. But some companies don't have that. Like some companies, maybe like one company I talk with, they have a closed trial as of today. And their first step is to figure out 
how do I kind of develop this PLG based on this closed trial? And their next step is to make that an open trial. So that's a like the incremental step they can take there to really make sure they can begin to allow users to access their product without too much hurdle or too much trouble. And some other companies, if they're starting from scratch, truly scratch, right? You only have sales motion. You go to their website, you say a big request demo, CTA. That's the only way you can use their product or see their product today. For those type of uh, companies, they may need to think about, they, they need to build a free version or free trial experience first. Because without that, like there is no vehicle for PLG to happen. I think that's the first thing. And the other thing I, I think people need to think about is, does your company start from uh, like a product-led motion or sales-led motion? Because for products that start as a bottom-up SaaS products, right? Like think about the, the Dropbox or Zoom or Slack. If you have a product like this, you may not be explicitly doing PLG, like you you don't use those terms in your business, but you probably have much better foundation in terms of data, in terms of product experience, in terms of culture fit to really start a PLG motion to just like almost like pour gas on the fire to make it much more optimized and scale that. If your company to your original question is really sales-led and that's the main way the deals has been happening, you probably have a more foundation gap to address. And you also need to convince the existing team or influence some sort of culture change because it's a very different way of doing this. Totally. Yeah. And what's your thoughts on culture changes from like more of a sales of business to product led? Because I know having worked with like hundreds of companies like trying to make this transition too, there is quite a few big changes, but I'm curious to hear like what you've seen in your experience too, as far as like, what are some of those big shifts you need to understand like when you're just starting out on this transition? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think that's actually a very common challenge and common thing that uh, leaders need to navigate through setting up or optimizing, scaling a PLG motion. I think going to the bottom of this is that if sales motion is already in place and the marketing team has been historically working with very closely with sales team, right? So they have a very established system and it has been always that way. The leads flow through this funnel we just described from marketing to sales and they, they close the deal. And it is very controlled experience and all the steps happen in the rhythm, right? And sales team really, they want to, they are held accountable for revenue, for quota. So they are, the team actually has a lot of pressure to perform. So when you are adding a PLG motion on top of that, I think there are a lot of things to consider. One is that how you can position this as a change that will uh, help sales team that wouldn't uh, disrupt marketing team's current flow, but complement them, their current flow, rather than, hey, you're the superhero here who will be changing everything and making things like 10 times better. I, I think sometimes the like when you're, when you're a growth team and you're new, you want to make an impact, but also you want to position yourself as the team who will make other teams look better, make other teams more successful. I think that's very important. And also what I learned is 
our sales friends they really like more leads right so when you understand their incentive and what they really care about you can actually start some of the early experiments or early initiatives to support that, to make sure they can see the power or the impact of your efforts. Like I remember at GitLab when we launched some early PQL pilot and just by sending some really simple PQL into Salesforce and our sales team become so much more interested and bought in into this motion rather than if you start this by working on some other parts of the funnel that is not directly visible to that team. And they may feel like, I don't know how that will help me and why should I care? Why should I support you? I think that's another thing. And the the last thing I would say, you need to really think about how you can get leadership buy-in and align the team from the top. Because this is actually the second step I think you need to start a PLG motion. You need to educate and help people understand the customer journey and the funnel for sales motion and product-led motion are different. And there are reasons each has its advantage and has its kind of disadvantage. But you want people to see that those are actually two funnels and they can complement each other. They can both exist if you design the funnel in a kind of more design controlled way. Yeah, and that's actually for the maximum success of the business overall. Awesome. And I want to double click on one part here because although we're covering the six steps to to start a PLG motion, I think step zero uh, is you got to have the right leader who's really leading this initiative. And one of the things you talked about too that I've seen again and again and again is the best leaders who are leading this initiative, they're not the ones who are like, hey, like I did this, look at this, it's me, 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 me. Like here's all the credit. No, they are the ones who are empowering all the other teams to win. Because if there's anything that is going to make it easier to get this big change management and effort done, yes, people want to be on the winning team. People want to be a part of that new direction. If it shows promise, if it shows like it's just going to bomb every single time you're going in that direction, no, you're not going to get much support. So I want to just kind of share that part because it is really, really important that you do select the right leader and you also support them uh, with the right resources, the right team as well. So yeah, thank you for, for covering that part. And for step two, let's hear a little bit more about that. So step one was understand the starting point, see where you mm-hmm. are so far in your journey. But two, you mentioned like just aligning on the customer journey and funnel design. So could you just kind of share with us, like, what does that mean? And how do you really approach that? Yeah, yeah. I think I actually realized about this a little bit later in my journey of building this PLG motion at GitLab. Initially, we were like working on those initiatives, we're increasing conversion, we're working on onboarding, we're working on PQL, but we didn't actually paint this picture of what is PQL and how is that funnel different from the sales-led funnel, which is everyone's understanding at that moment. I think you need to paint that picture so that you give everyone that big picture to begin with so that people can begin to wrap their heads around why it makes sense to adding the second funnel, right? So if you think about the sales motion, usually that funnel is like we have a bunch of marketing budget and we spend them in various channels and we bring people to our website and they sign up, right? Or they sign up for a webinar or somehow we get their email contact. And we run those leads through MQL scoring system. We basically, based on 
how hot they are. Like, do they engage with all, multiple white papers and webinars and they are from a big company? We rank them and we pick the best ones sent to sales and sales try to work with those leads and close them into a conversion and a deal. But PLG is actually different. So the PLG funnel is you still can do all those like marketing thing and you drive people to your website. At that moment, you want those users to sign up for your free version, for a free trial, for your open source product. And you want them to use the product. So like the goal is not they interact with a bunch of marketing campaigns and, and all of that. Is you want usage. That's the key for PLG, right? You want them to use. And from usage, they can see the value. You can get their data. And you can use that to qualify those users to convert them into a PQL and then send through the system you have established. But the benefit here is that PQL is qualifying them by the usage, like how much they use, how many teams they added, like how frequently they use, right? So it actually have stronger signal than they read a bunch of marketing emails or trying to understand what your product solve for them. And the other potential version of that is they use it so much and they like it and it's a, maybe not that expensive. They will just go to the checkout page and buy it themselves. So that's another branch of the PLG funnel. You need to paint that picture and show that to the marketing leader, to the sales leader, to the product team, and even to the top leadership team, the CEO, so that everyone can say, oh, this is why you, you want to drive usage, right? This is why you said kind of activation is important. I think that points the picture uh, much clearly for everyone. Every team will be kind of owning part of that journey, but together you have this big picture to help one understand where we're fitting. And how did you help more people understand that full picture because there's obviously like, yeah, you can put it in like this nice diagram, make it easy for everyone to understand. But then there's like buying into it, understanding it, and then actually having like your metrics uh, in your team, like tied towards some of those uh, steps within that funnel. So curious how you kind of approach that part to get everyone on the same page and aligned. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great question. And I would say it's definitely not easy. The first step is you need to paint that picture, right? You need to draw that diagram. You need to uh, have conversations with those leaders one-on-one and have present this in the big meetings because it takes repetition for something like this to make sense and click in people's heads. So I think like those one-on-one conversations really matter because in those conversations, you can answer questions. I actually scheduled a lot of one-on-ones with the leader of sales team, the leader of data team, leader of business analytics, leader of finance, leader of marketing, and walk them through. And I I position this as a like co-creation process. I'm like, hey, I recently had this realization. What we're doing here all together actually is we want to build some version of this diagram. And I'm I'm not sure this is the final, but this is what I see. I really want to understand from your perspective, what do you think? Because I truly believe like our sales uh, counterpart, my marketing counterpart, they may say something slightly differently, right? Because they know more about the marketing flow or the sales flow. So that's, that's one thing I did. 
I just want to double take on this because you mentioned something there that's really smart and I know why you're doing it, but I wanted you to hear like from your end why you did it. So why did you go to each like having those one-on-ones? I'm sure that was time consuming with all of those different leaders and kind of co-create versus kind of the alternative is like, hey, here's the diagram I created. This is cool, huh? And like kind of going through like, would you want to be a part of it kind of thing? Like as far as your intentions behind those meetings. What were like the main kind of reason you you approached it the way you did? Yeah, because those leaders from all those teams, they are all very smart. They are all very capable oh. people, like, right? They don't want to be told what to do. And I, I don't really feel I ha- I'm in a position to tell them what to do either. So I think positioning this as a co-creation is really what I felt like that need to happen because I really understand maybe the growth side. I have this concept of PQL. I think it can be very beautifully applied for our business, but I cannot see, I understand 100% of our marketing process or sales process. And there are a lot of nuance and intricacy in every business and in every department's workflow. I think by doing this, not only inform them. I also try to invite them, right? I Ultimately, I want buy-in. I don't want just inform them. And there's probably they are like, okay, I see this nice diagram. What does it mean? I, I don't know what that means to me or to my team. I think by inviting them into the co-creation process, they are more bought in. And ultimately, that's what we need. We need to work together. It's not just believing this picture together. Totally. And yeah, you nailed it. I was like, okay, this is like one of the best ways to get that buy-in. How did you structure some of those like co-creation meetings where it was like you went through it, but like what else? How did you kind of structure it to get the, the best results from those to get them bought into it? Yeah. So I first identify who are the people I need to talk with, right? Like obviously I have a counterpart in sales team who are more focused on SMB, who are more focused on online sales. So I identify that, that those are the person that are most likely will be working with me, right? Because if you are from the enterprise department, you really work with big customers. That's your day-to-day. So it's hard for you to care about PQL when it's not even part of your day-to-day work. But for our uh, SMB segments or online sales segments, they have incentive to really understand what is the best way to handle large volume, high velocity type of deal. And PQL is actually very well positioned for that. So identify the right stakeholder. I also, like like I mentioned, I think data team is critical because in order for this to happen, you mentioned that we need to first align everyone on the journey, but also ultimately we need to have data foundation to allow us to clearly describe what is the metric, what for each of the step, how do we divide the traffic between the two funnels, right? Without data, that wouldn't happen. So I know I need to talk with our data leader to get his buy-in. And similarly, like our marketing leader and like just identify who are the right stakeholders. And kind of when I do this, I just basically created a slide and we use Google Slides and I just send a version to each of those leaders before the meeting and just say, hey, this is something I want to talk with you about. I have this kind of uh, perspective, but I definitely know you know much better about this part of the funnel than me. And I want to schedule some time to 
get your perspective, feel free to ask any questions so that we can make it this more true and more comprehensive. And they usually will review this and maybe leave a few questions to me and I will make changes after those conversations and go to the next leader. So I think that is basically a very friendly way of trying to advocate for something, but also be humble. Like I'm very humble. I I don't feel like I know everything. So be humble about listening to everyone's opinion and uh, accept the changes, adjust if needed as well. Oh, I love that. That's a really like smart way too to get that buy-in from the very beginning and just co-create. And you also are going to have a more compelling case every time you like take that feedback, implement it and be like, oh, you're totally right. I didn't think about that. I don't know the whole business and really build that compelling case. I love that. Now, was there any other kind of like questions or areas that you wanted to have people think about when it comes to aligning that customer and user journey? Yeah, I think definitely. Like I mentioned, actually, there are many nuances in this area when you think about customer journey and funnel. For example, if we say we have a sales-led motion, we also have a kind of a product-led motion. The first question may come up is who should go through which funnel, right? Like which customers should go through the sales motion, which customers should go through the product-led motion. I think different companies have actually different opinions and and thoughts. My thinking is if you have a business that target both SMB and enterprise and mid-market, basically you have very small customers, you have also large customers. It makes sense for those enterprise customers to be sales-led, right? It's That's just fit that customer profile, fit how they would like to buy, and you can afford that level of support when you have large LTV. But for smaller business SMBs or even individuals, those are better fitted for the product-led motion. So kind of in general, the idea is smaller customers, individual users, you use product to drive them, to guide them. But for the big customers, big deals, you use sales team to guide them, to drive them. So I think that's one. And yeah, like I think the other thing I noticed that Sometimes within the company, each function is trying to do very similar thing, but they have a different term and they have slightly different definition to it. For example, marketing team may say, oh, we really want to improve our e-commerce business. And the growth team or product team may say, oh, we really want to start a product-led motion. The sales team may say, we really want to enhance our low-touch sales motion. Those things actually has a lot of overlap and they may mean very similar things, but it's really from kind of different teams from their perspective, they use this term kind of when you notice that you should begin to drive that conversation discussion to say, oh, are those actually the same thing? If it is the same thing, actually, we all want a very similar thing. Maybe we identify the overlap. We try to drive that together and we can talk about some of the nuances um, there later on. So that's another thing I would highlight there. Yeah. I want to double take on that too, because um, it seems like a small thing when you're talking about like, okay, let's have the, the same language. Let's speak, like understand what the same terms are. But uh, whenever I talk to like teams that send like 20 plus uh, members to our training, I always ask them like, hey, like what is the, the main reason why? And like a lot of it is like, we want to be on the same page. We want to be aligned around this, of course, that makes sense. But have that common language because when you're all on the same page, you're like, okay, you're saying e-commerce funnel, you're saying no touch. 
(laughs) We're saying product led. It's like, it's a lot of it is the same. What is the commonalities? Um, And you can have much deeper decisions and conversations on that. So yes, super duper important to get everyone aligned on that part. So we got the first two steps. One, understand the starting point. Two, align on the customer journey and funnel design. Now take us through the third step, which is uh, really just how you organize the right teams the right way. (laughs) I (laughs) I know. Yeah. I think like, again, myself going through this, right? I have to start the team from scratch. Those teams don't exist before. So think about hiring, think about even where should the team should sit and also identify who this team should work with. So I think if you are thinking about starting or or even kind of out, like a pour more resource to a PLG motion, the first thing is like, who should be working on it? Because like anything, if there's no team working on it, there wouldn't be progress. One way to do this, I saw that's common in many companies is there is a growth team. Like there is a PLG growth team that's dedicated to this. And they are typically in the product organization because they are inherently, they're like a product growth team and they really need to kind of own this motion of PLG and they have engineer resource to work on a lot of the initiatives that need engineer resource. Like if you're building a PQL data pipeline, if you are uh, improving the onboarding, if you're doing a lot of this, you need engineering, you need to do product managers, you need to data analysts. So that's one way to set this up. The other way I saw companies do is, especially if it's relatively small, you can start a tiger team. Like really, you need someone from product, you need someone from marketing, you need someone from sales, and uh, you need some data kind of an engineer design resource to support that. So that's another way to get started. So I think even, for example, at GitLab, we have this growth product team, but we still need to identify the counterparts in marketing, in sales that will collaborate with us. So think about this PLG growth team is a combination of product slash growth, marketing and sales, and that's the core. And you need the engineer design and data like function to support that. Okay. And just curious, like when you're at GitLab, where did your team sit on like the org chart? Was it like right up to the top or was it just like on its own, a little bit autonomous since you can move Mm -hmm. from team to team? How is that structured? Yeah, my team is actually in the product org and I reported to the chief product officer. And that's one way to structure it. I think a lot of growth team report to the product organization. But I also saw there are actually growth teams um, report to the head of sales and or the chief revenue officer. That's another reporting structure I have seen for for sure. I think both have has its pros and cons. So the benefit of having growth team in product or like I mentioned, a growth team essentially is very similar to a product team. We have product managers, we work on experiments, we work on feature changes, and we need this, the, the workflow or kind of how we do things is similar to product org. But our goal and the metrics we own is also closely connected to the sales and marketing team. So my team doesn't ship like new features or kind of uh, doing a big change of existing features. My team actually really focused on like the metrics such as free-to-paid conversion, activation rate, 
number of PQLs, maybe number of self-serve revenue. Those metrics we own is actually very closely related to the sales and marketing team. So really, I think the PLG growth team in a B2B or SaaS business has a workflow that's very similar to product team, but has goals and metrics that's very closely connected to the sales and marketing and GTM organization. So that's why I see it can exist in a product org reporting to the CPO. Also, in some other cases, it report to the chief revenue officer, and they may own the self-service revenue as their KPI as part of the total sales quota. Right. Yeah, no, thanks for, for going through it because I've seen a lot of different ways. There's no right or wrong, that's for sure. <laughs> and so for step four, like what do you recommend as far as the right infrastructure and tool stack? Because I know this does largely depends on, you know, the size of your business too, if you can't afford even some of these tools. But yeah. I'm curious, like how you think about even just the types of tools that you would need to really... Yeah, yeah definitely. I think... The biggest thing, the number one thing I would say is uh, you need some sort of a data slash analytics tool and infrastructure. I once shared a, a post in LinkedIn. I said something like product-led growth is actually fundamentally data-led growth. The reason why I see it is that when you have a free product out there, you accumulate free users, but ultimately you want to observe how those users are using your product, which, which features are they using, link that to the potential purchase decision and which channels do they come from? And basically you are collecting data when you give away a free product and those data help you to understand how to convert and how to change and how to iterate. So you need that because otherwise the free product you gave away is kind of wasted because you're not getting insights. You're not getting those deep understanding of your users and link that to the purchase behaviors. For example, when you are when we talk about PQL, product qualified leads, ultimately you need to understand which feature usage are linked to potential purchase behavior. If you are not collecting those data, have the instrumentation, you just give away free product, you have a bunch of free user, you see some of them converted, you have no idea why or how or what you can do to drive more of that. So I would say that's the first kind of most important, I would say, tool or infrastructure. And you can obviously buy the product analytics tools or the common tools, but you can also have internal data analysts work on that. But you need to have the ingredients, the foundation, which is collecting data. I think the next thing I would say is you need to have some sort of experimentation framework because like I mentioned, PLG or PQL, fundamentally, it is kind of using your free product to drive usage, right? And usage become the biggest lever to convert your users or qualify them as PQL. So how to improve usage, how to get more usage, like you need to have the data to observe that, but then experimentation is your best friend to influence their behaviors, to get more usage. So have some sort of A-B testing framework, whether it's homegrown or you, there are a lot of third-party tools you can buy that you can really, uh, even like some onboarding 
tools, right? How you can drive more usage by changing the product flow. Maybe it's even like a, how, how you can drive more usage through your uh, email drip campaign that will require some sort of CRM tool, which you can A-B test your emails and all of that there as well. I think that's the second piece, which is experimentation. And I definitely saw there are a lot of specific PLG or PQL tools emerging as well. Like the essence of those tools is it will allow you to connect your data warehouse and connect Salesforce so that the the generating of PQL and sending to Salesforce can be done using those tools rather than if you don't have that, like what you need to do is basically you need to have your data you have an analyst analyze your data and understand which events, behaviors, or combinations are best definition for PQL. And you capture that. You can either download the Excel, manually send to sales team, or you build some data pipeline yourself. You send those data from your data warehouse to Salesforce. And the Salesforce, it'll appear basically hey, this is a PQL, this user or, or this team used the blah, blah feature, and we think it's a, it's a good lead for you to call on. So I think data analytics, experimentation, and some sort of PQL data pipeline and a kind of a tool, those are the three most important components I see. Awesome. Yeah, I love those layers. Makes a ton of sense to have each of them. And I like how you prioritized it based on what is the most important one, like that data layer. If you don't have that, you are really shooting in the dark. A lot of the times, like, will this work? Will this not? Um, and really great to understand that. So that ties into the very, uh, I think the second point too, like how do you align people as well? It's like when you can prove that this stuff is working, that's another great way to get that buy-in is, okay, we have the proof. <laughs> the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. And here's the results yeah. based on that. Yeah, yeah. So, and so step five, could you go through that one? It's, really just about how to identify the highest ROI focus area for your PLG efforts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it ties directly back to what you just said. Like, I think for any new team, for any new motion, the most important thing is show some results. Like, show me the money, right? Like, you, you need to generate some quick wins to really help everyone understand, yeah, this is working. And maybe we should give them more time. We should give them more resource and then maybe they can deliver more. So as a if you are you're starting a PLG motion, uh, you're starting a kind of PLG growth team, you need to think about what are some low-hanging fruits, what are, are also some big like initiative that can generate really big results. Results in terms of low-hanging fruits, really, especially if you are smaller, like you, you like a, we talk about some of the infrastructure, right? If you are early in the PLG journey, you have some of those components, but you still need to build out like the data analytics tool. You need to get a experimentation framework. I would suggest you focus on some low-hanging fruits type of things to really make it easier for you to demonstrate results. Like, for example, focus on onboarding. New user onboarding is always a great place to start with because you usually get a bunch of new users to your website and like 100 people in the end, you only have like two people really beginning to use your product. And that is just true across all the products I work with, like Acorns and Gillab and all the companies I advise. It's just 
the nature of a funnel and you lose the majority of them, they don't get activated. They don't really use your product the right way or see the value. So it's a great place to start. I think for PLG, for B2B SaaS, one thing to think about in addition to how to drive users to use the good features and to get aha moment is also how to make the transition from user aha moment to team aha moment. Because most SaaS tools or B2B tools are designed for teams. And usually if you have PLG motion, initially this is one user, one person somehow stumble upon your website, decided to give you a try. And they begin to use your product. They may see all the key features, but that's not enough. You really need to make his conviction so strong that he's willing to invite his team member to try it together with him. And they use some of the team collaboration features. So think about that. That's actually a very big part of B2B onboarding that's different from B2C uh, in my experience. So yeah, then maybe some other low-hanging fruits are just think about how to launch some quick conversion rate optimization experience throughout the journey we just talked about. That's usually easier as well. And there are some bigger bets and also bigger kind of impact areas. One is if your company don't have PQL at all, right? You have a great opportunity to kind of either set up some free product and generate PQL or just utilizing the existing free user base and use the power of data to begin to find those PQLs and send them to the sales team. And that like whenever sales team get more leads, they are happy. Whenever they're happy, they will support you. And usually sales team in a B2B company is very influential. So it's important to get their buy-in by showing them some money early on. So that's another thing to think about. And uh, I would say like, think about potential upsell mechanism, because if you have a PLG motion, you will have a free product and people are using the free product happily. You want them to use the free product, but you don't necessarily want them to use the free product happily ever after that they don't even want to convert or become a paid customer. So think about what are some upsell experience, whether it's kind of triggered by their usage or triggered by them hitting certain limits, or if they use a kind of a version of feature that has a better version in the paid version, how do you highlight them the benefit of using the better version feature by having some models or experience designing the product to trigger them to consider like become a paid customer. And uh, lastly, the other big bad focus area is pricing. Like it's a very complicated, but it, it has huge potential to really make a dramatic difference in terms of your success. Yeah. So like, I think, think about the highest ROI focus area for your PRG efforts. If you're early, focus on those low hanging fruits. If you are, um, you have the components, you're mature, you can think about some of the bigger ones. Yeah. I love those potential focus areas because a lot of them are like, yeah, when you initially start that uh, growth team and you start focusing on PLG, the best part is really that there usually is quite a lot of low-hanging fruit. And if you are uh, listening to this and you're like completely sales-led, you don't even have a free motion, most of this still applies. Think about like, we hear this all the time on the podcast, which is the first seven minutes. There's a reason why a lot of people talk about the first seven minutes for your onboarding approach or even just getting into the product. It's like, that's where you lose the majority of people. So focus on just like, giving them a quick time to value, which might actually pay off 
in different ways where it's like it's less customer support time or customer success time that's involved for every single person that's joining it. For upsells, if you don't want to rock the boat on the front ends, try it on the back ends as well for that part. Now, to wrap up, I want to just take us quickly through the last part, which is step six, how to start a PLG motion, which is how to anticipate the common challenges and build the PLG culture. Yeah, I think we already touched upon a lot of this already, right? I think there are a couple types of challenges. One is that one I call those like missing ingredients or lack of foundation. You don't have a free version. You don't have data infrastructure. You don't have experimentation framework. You just don't have those ingredients. Like that's one type of challenge. Those can be overcome if you get buy-in, if you get culture kind of set up to support you with resources and kind of give you the time to build up those foundations. So I think the, the other common challenge actually, I think is very critical for any anyone who is working in PLG or growth to be think about is how to set up a culture for PLG for this to be long-term successful strategy. I think we talk about a couple of things like think about how you can get leadership buy-in, right? Ideally leadership is bought in and they have you there to to do this. <laughs> that's I think that's the probably the easier path. But if you are trying to advocate from internally, actually talk with companies who are doing this or leaders who are doing this, they definitely face more challenges. They need to convince uh, the leadership. They need to influence the sales team or the counterparts. I think a lot of what we described above, like aligning everyone on the journey. Right, showing people the the low hanging fruits, showing some early wins, and uh, just educate, repeat, find your allies in each department by inviting them into the process. Those are super helpful. I also heard about companies sharing like they they just position the initial PLG as an experiment. Like everything is an experiment. You win or learn, right? That's my favorite quote. So position this as an experiment. You are not trying to change the world like by doing this you are really just trying to see whether can you get some data if you make this trial an open trial how many can you get because sales team want more trial anyway right and you you change it back then you use the data to influence people convince people but the first step don't convince everyone you are going to change everything you just tell them hey <laughs> i want to do this experiment <laughs> like if your team is small i think that's actually a very good way to do this. Totally. Yeah. Uh, the quotes make it an evolution, not a revolution. That absolutely applies here as well, as far as just like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? <laughs> Start small. Yes. And that definitely applies here. Well, this has been awesome. I'll recap the last six steps and I'll ask you again is there's anything else you would do differently having led this transition from GitLab? from sales that are product led. So the first step is you need to understand the starting points. You need to align on the customer journey and funnel design. Three is organize the right teams the right way. Four is you need to set up the right infrastructure and tool stack. Um, and then five, identify the highest ROI focus areas for your PLG efforts. And six, should anticipate the common challenges and build a product-led growth culture. So is there any last words or pieces of advice you'd recommend for people who are starting a PLG motion in their company? Yeah, yeah. I think basically the six steps, why I summarized this way is because in my initially kind of, in my first try of doing this, I 
may not do that in this order. And I focus a lot on the results, on the impact. Maybe I should have done, like I mentioned, have understanding the starting point, understanding how that changed, basically, how would you implement this, right? And also think about the customer journey, trying to invite everyone, align everyone around the customer journey and funnel, doing a lot of education and advocate early on. I think that's why I designed this way. Like, basically paint everyone the big picture, set up a vision and building allies and influencing the culture is much more important if like than only focusing on the things, on the results. I think that's that's one of my biggest learning. So I think that's my advice for anyone doing this, right? You want to think about the results, the impact, which all of us high achievers want to do, but yes. you also want to think about um, the people element. How do you influence yeah. culture? How do you get allies? How do you make everyone successful together? And I think ultimately all of this, teams that involved in this process want to be successful and they want the best for the business. Uh, It's just when each team has been in a different function and they have been doing things this way for a long time, they may not begin to look at what are some different ways of doing things, right? So like, that's why education advocate is very important. And uh, yeah, but I think this is something really fun and I really believe this is the future. I think PLG disrupting a lot of the or, or kind of traditionally sales motion or making it very complementary to make it getting the maximum revenue at the lowest cost and highest efficiency. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I know you do a lot of incredible advising for companies who are looking to really implement PLG. So it's awesome to have you. Feel free to reach out. Now, where can people find more about what you're up to? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. So my name is uh, Hila Chu, H-I-L-A-Q-U. So just search me up there. Yeah, so great to be on your podcast, Wes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your advice. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Product-Led Podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with a colleague or friends you know who might benefit. We are always looking at which episodes get the most listens so we know which content to create more of. So if you want more of this particular type of content or style of episode, please share it out. And in return, here's your selfish reason to do this. Uh, We will definitely create more content just like this episode. (laughs) And if that's not your style, please leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts and tell us your favorite part about this podcast. I personally read every single one of these reviews and it gives me more ideas on what content we should do more of. Happy growing.